When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He played, as much as he admires Kobe Bryant, I think he plays a lot more like LeBron James. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sideline Summit. I'm Antonio Perez, joined by Chris Culture, Culture Boy CB. Danny could not make it today. He is fighting his way back from Portugal, uh, but we're glad he had a blast. Uh, we're going to hold things down for him today. Of course, we're going to be talking about uh, the Denver Nuggets because uh, they need their love. They just did something special. Uh, we're going to talk about the Celtics heat. How that this is like the scrappiest, like, like this is the most like likely, I feel like a three Oh comeback would happen, but you know, obviously the odds are still in the heat's favor very much. We're going to talk about LeBron talking about, he might be considering retirement and how we think that might be more a cap. And then we'll be talking about Victor Wimbenyama who will be last time we talked, we talked about potential spots he could go to, but he will be going to the Spurs, which none of us chose. Um, and yeah, so we have like a lot of, a lot of like almost, I don't want to say non, we're not really talking about basketball games, essentially, for the most mm-hmm. part, besides Heat Celtics, we're talking about Jokic, LeBron, Wemby, and then, you know, the series that's going on. Uh, but before we get into any of that, Chris, how are you doing today? What are the summits and the plummets for today? I'm doing good, man. I'm having a great hump day. I'm happy to be off work, first of all. So that's part of my summit. Um, one of my summits, um, for today is like y'all know I'm a WNBA fan. I love WNBA. Brianna Stu Durant had broke the New York Liberty's record in her second game playing only. Only her second game playing. She's at 40, I want to say she had 45 and 10. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, she's literally Kevin Durant with the point. It was something uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> she's diff- she's very different. So that that's if. my summer. I, I I really love seeing that. And then like I said, that Liberty team, once they figure it out, man, they they look good. So it, it was cool to watch. Uh, WNBA basketball this past weekend, like when it started on, like like last weekend. That, this weekend was some some good games on. I got to see the the Aces play with their full lineup. Got to see the Liberty play with their new team. That was that was really dope. So um, that's probably that's one of my that's my summit. Um, my plummet is obviously the Lakers getting swept by the Nuggets. But I mean, it's more of a more of, more of a happy time, honestly, because let you tell it, it doesn't matter if you don't make the finals. So Brown wants to yeah. If you lose before the matter. finals, it's it's okay. It's all good. So, uh, so yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. One thing about WNBA um, that I was actually like, I, I thought of this right on the spot with with Stewart obviously breaking the franchise record, and you know, like mentioned, like oh, she played like Kevin Durant. Cos makes me think mm-hmm. it's when Devin Booker got Kevin Durant on his team. He was like, "That's cool. I'm I'm not taking a back seat." I wonder how Sabrina is going to take this season with Stewart coming in, who's Probably, obviously, right now the better player, but the the sky is the limit. 
uh, for Sabrina and her shoes are fire. So, um, and, and on top I, of that, Tom, before you finish, it's it's another player mm-hmm. they added too. They added John Coyle Jones as well. She was like the best player on the, I want to say she's on the Sun last year, the Connecticut Sun last year. So, I'm really interested to see how Sabrina plays with talent. Same thing we were talking about in text messages with Caitlin Clark. Like we've seen mm-hmm. them be goats by themselves, but like I want to see you know her with talent to see what she does, how she expands her game. So. Yeah, and I think I think as they uh, the more they mold together, the more she'll be able to see like, oh, I'm not getting the defense the the attention I'm used to getting. Mm-hmm. I'm getting one on one looks. I can move off ball. I can make plays off ball. So yeah, yep. uh, the Liberty are going to be the Liberty and the Ace Aces are like on a steamroll to end up playing each other uh, at yep. some point in a very mean meaningful basketball game. <laughs> um, yep. So. Yep. But my summit has been the Celtics. I mean, you uh, you shouldn't be in the situation anyway, but you avoid the sweep. Very happy. J- Believe it or not, uh, Jason Tatum's actually been playing very well this series. Um, and I'm not here to defend his his first two fourth quarters. I mean, he was turning the ball over a lot. And uh, I was just saying he is getting some of like, he's getting top five player in the world attention while the, the superstar he's playing against is not. And that's a coaching thing, of course. Me, uh, uh, P. Uh, Painsworth was talking about that on Twitter. It's like that's definitely like a coaching thing, but nonetheless, you get on the board, you go back to TD Garden, um, and and they've yet to have a Jalen Brown game. Uh, yep. so I, I don't know. Uh, you take it one game at a time. Uh, we'll get more into the Heat Celtics series later. My plummet. I kind of just want to say like they're always a plummet, but but NBA Twitter, it's just like I've been seeing a lot of Michael Jordan propaganda on my timeline, like first time ever. And Chris tweeted this out earlier. There's so much goat material for Michael Jordan. Like you do Mm -hmm. not have to utter a single word about LeBron James. And you could probably argue Michael Jordan's the goat. And same thing with LeBron James. That's, I like debating Mm -hmm. with those people. Now, of course your goal is to make the other player sound out to be the better, you know, better than the other guy. But if you can do it without even like lying about the other guy, because like, Every uh, both fans do it. They just they just lie. No context yeah. of like, oh well, LeBron got swept. Oh yeah, well well Mike got swept. I'm like, well LeBron is in year twenty, and the expectation for him is still you know the limit. Obviously, year ten getting swept isn't ideal, but it's a team sport. Yeah. And same thing with Mike when Mike was getting swept by <laughs> by the '80s version of the Warriors in in the Boston Celtics. It's it's a team sport. Like that's not a good Bulls team. Those Bulls teams were making it. With like by like Solely 10 open. games under 500, like those mm-hmm. teams had no business being in the playoffs. So, I just was like, both LeBron fan, most LeBron fans, and most MJ fans are completely delusional. And no, <laughs> any everyone who said Kwame Brown cooked in that video is also a plummet because literally, literally, LeBron James, the guy with 39,000 going to have 40,000 points next season, has no bag. I'm sorry, it don't look like it. Look, not everybody got. A bag like AI, Jamal Crawford, Kyrie Irving. Some people just bang one dribble, spin move. Like LeBron could take one dribble and get from the the three point line to the cup. I like look, it ain't pretty. It's not aesthetic, and that's the mm-hmm. thing. People get so caught up with aesthetic bags and scoring instead of just like who is the best at doing it. And and even Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan didn't have like a bag per se. He was, he was just the first one. He was the first one with what he did. So they looked like exactly. his bag was crazier than it really was. Yep. Exactly. And it's because he could palm a basketball and hold it over Muggsy Bogues' head. 
So and, and, and that yeah. was cool. Like, they love that. They love that video. They eat that video <laughs> up. I'm like, right, look, it's cool, but like, really? <laughs> like this is, yeah, come on. You could find this a random December game in 1985 that that like that would trump that highlight reel. But anyway, nonetheless, <laughs> uh, we're gonna go right into Jokic talking about all time greats. Nikola Jokic obviously is now the second ever Western Conference Finals MVP. He said he don't give a crap. Uh, he's averaging a triple double through these playoff runs. It's this is fun. It's fun. Like I like I think me and you can always attest to something. Like when a player is not playing your team, mm-hmm. like when Jokic is not playing your team. Oh, this is fun. This is so fun. Yep. He's he's unusual. But I want to ask you, outside of the big five centers, as in Kareem, Bill, Will, Shaq, Hakeem, can Jokic find him? First of all, is Jokic right outside of them now? And if he's not, can a finals MVP insert him at the sixth spot? Uh, I've, I've been thinking about this recently because I was going through my top five of who I thought top five center was and like where I would put Jokic. And I have a, a, my answer to this is I personally think right now he's like eight, like somewhere right behind David Robinson range, like in that space, like – because you said the five right there, I'm, I'm agree with you in that five. Whatever, whatever order doesn't matter, but that's the top five. I agree. But right after that, especially if Tim Duncan's not a center, he's a power forward. I think Jokic is close. I think he's really close. Because I think the only other person I would put over him, like definitively, just off the top of my head, would be David Robinson. I wouldn't throw a Bill Walton. I wouldn't throw a Patrick Ewing. None, none of those guys. Because I think Jokic is just he's done more. So, and, and like as far as career wise, he's led his team to West Conference Finals before. Now he's done it again. He's had two two MVPs. He, he probably should have had three the way he finished. Like, the way this is going, like, his vision's history is going to be crazy, but he might have should have had three. So now it's like, if he gets to this point having two MVPs and having a Finals MVP and sweeping a top three player of all time, no debate, and LeBron James on his way to it, this is going to be an impressive title. And in my opinion, he'll have to be right outside of the top five. And then I think you have to look at everybody's numbers really close to see, but I think it's, it's going to be tough to get into that top five because it's it's so it's it's such a deep class with you got Kareem Wilt who's like a mythical creature and Shaq who we saw is is a mythical creature, so it's like it's going to be difficult to get into that top five. But I think he's right outside of it now, and then like a the Finals MVP easily bring him to that right on the cusp of, of top five. Something I just thought of. Um... I think in terms of like accolades, when it's all said and done, Jokic is going to have like a million all NBA teams. He's, he might even crack another MVP that gives him three MVPs. That's more than like Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, Shaq. Like he's going to have a a pretty, pretty sick resume when it's all said and done. And what he has in common with the top five centers, I think they all got some like special, like Kareem, had the sky hook and he's all he was the all-time leading scorer. Shaq, mm-hmm. most dominant player of all time. A lot of people will agree with that in, in mm-hmm. his prime. Um Bill Russell, best winner to ever touch professional sports. 11-time mm-hmm. champion. Uh did it as a player coach, did it in an era that was not easy for African Americans, especially in yep. a city like Boston at the time. Uh yep. Will Chamberlain, not real, not what is not really an actual human. He's a figment of <laughs> artificial intelligence that they plugged in next to Bill Russell to make it just to make it seem like Bill had a rival. And then Hakeem yeah. has Kobe Bryant like footwork for someone who's like seven feet tall. He's also one of the best defenders in NBA history. 
Mm-hmm. And for a two-year stretch, was the best player in basketball when Michael Jordan sat out and, uh, yep. and had to think of his prime. Nikola Jokic is the best passing big man ever. And someone argue yep. he's legit it's just a top five passer ever. Like, and he can score all three levels. And the thing is, he doesn't have to. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. He's got something special about him that's going to go along with a super, super great resume. Um, I think one, one thing that's special, too, is how he gets older at 20. I think he's 28 now. Like, if you've watched mm-hmm. him since since he, his game has matured, he's added a lot as far as how he plays the game. I think that's why they beat the Nuggets ultimately because they, they all played solid enough defense. But I was telling you guys on the show, I'm like, I don't know if, if Jokic is going to get into the point where he dominates the game scoring. He did it, and he picked his spots. And when he did it, older Jokic, I mean, younger Jokic wouldn't have done that. He would have kept passing it and been – I think he's grown into – maturing into who he is as a player. And I think that's what should make the NBA scare, especially if he's going to keep Jamal Murray playing. If Jamal Murray's going to play at a high level like that, it's going to be going to be hell to deal with for years. Yeah, Jamal Murray was awesome. Like he he was spectacular. That is what that is what four good Jamal Murray games looks like. It makes yeah. the Nuggets a very hard team to beat because mm-hmm. people are just going to feed off of it. And when guys aren't hitting their shots, Jokic got them. He's got their yeah. back. And then when Jamal starts hitting his shots, Jokic is like, you got it. And he's hitting his shots. MPJ's hitting his shots. KCP's hitting his shots. Which, revisionist history, I guess, for Lakers fans are like, oh, why wasn't KCP doing this when he was in L.A.? Y'all won a championship because of his help. He was y'all ultimate 3 and D player. If you go back, y'all were killing Danny Green. But, um... Yeah, he should. KCP should have been the one to stay. And I think what about Jokic too? He's like, yeah. The, the thing you you touched there that you said, Tom. I think that is a, a big point. Even when his guys aren't going, he gets them easier shots. Two 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 ways. You can just throw it into him as a big man. He can create his own shot, and you have to double him. Which, if you're a shooter, you're going to get more open shots. If you're a cutter like Bruce Brown, you're going to get open cuts because they're so much attention focused on him. So it's kind of hard for his team to get out of rhythm for real, because he's, he's always going to set the rhythm of the game because of how he plays and controls the game at the center spot, which is, it's it's like a, that's, that's the the beauty of having a center who's basically your point guard. Like he's able to control from wherever he is on the court and it keeps everybody flowing in their rhythm too. Yeah. And and that's one thing you're talking about double teaming Jokic. What Embiid fans will like to say a lot is they'll compare numbers. They'll be like, Oh, well, Embiid doesn't get doubled or Jokic doesn't get doubled. Like Embiid does. There's a reason for that. You can't double Nikola Jokic because he has eyes in the back of his head. And he'll find the open man no matter what. And Bead, on the other hand, he got doubled a lot against Brooklyn. And he made the right plays out of him. But that's relatively easier. He got he started getting doubled against Boston, who have lengthy players everywhere. Tatum, Brown, Horford, Williams. In the two games where, they, where Missoula went to the double big lineup, and B just crumbled under, mm-hmm. you know, double teams. I hate to make a uh, a segment about Jokic, uh, about Joel and B, but it just shows the difference, and this shows why Nikola Jokic is so special. So what I'll say is, right now, I think he is a, he's a two time MVP. He's probably going to finish top twenty five all time, most likely top twenty. He's already a two time MVP, two time first team All NBA. He's having a like a he's having like an all time uh, peak, I would say. Um, okay. But a finals MVP to go along with it, I would probably put him over Dirk if he isn't already. Carl Malone, for sure. I think the highest person you could probably argue his all-timeness with, 
is like my 13 to like 16 range. It features guys like KD, Dr. J, and like the big O. I think mm-hmm. you can start to throw him maybe in those categories. And it's weird because like his his counting stats aren't like jumping Crazy out yet. the gym, but like mm-hmm. it, it, just wait. I think his and I think he has a game that can feature some longevity. I think he can keep it up for a while, but like oh, finals easy, MVP easy final with a finals MVP and the track that he's on, I think this could really be a top fifteen player of all time. He's he's awesome. And I and this isn't recency bias. Yeah, I, I think this is just this is just he's finally got a team. Effect. I think that ring will have a Dirk effect on kind of what you're saying, like how Dirk was. He was always solidified. I was like, yeah, he's, Dirk's the top five power forward in our game. Like everybody said it when it was it was Dirk KG to Dirk. Like he was always in that conversation. But that finals run, like you said, against the the when, when he had his finals run against the Heat and all those teams he beat, it's like that one championship and one Finals MVP that he had. That's all he needed. To, mm-hmm. to submit him into a lot of those top five, top six, power four conversations. And I think it's going to be that for Nicole Jokic this season too, because like you said, I think this is that thing, especially because I think he's going to keep it up. He's 28 now. His game doesn't need athleticism, like you said, or any of that stuff. So he can still be the same player for 10 more years. His stats will catch up to what he has done now. And I think it'll be difficult once you revisit this run right here, if he does win the championship, to keep him out of those top five discussions. I agree. And speaking of that legendary Dirk run, we'll talk about uh, some random role player who got outplayed by Jason Terry that series. Uh, guy named LeBron James. So nasty. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Uh, if That's one thing I, I would definitely erase off his off his resume. Uh, yes, but anyway, LeBron. Yeah, yeah, I don't. What am I even talking about? To be quite honest, the Mavs, the Mavs and the Heat only played one time in the NBA finals and Dwayne Wade. Took it home. What what are That's we talking about? Twenty eleven was a complete void and just didn't happen. But anyway, the LeBron is considering retirement, and a lot of people know that's probably Cap because he wants to play. He wanted to play with his son, and this is definitely like he just gave us like an okay playoff run for LeBron standards, but I, he has a lot left in the tank to say the least. What what message do you think he's trying to get across by saying like, oh, I'm contemplating retirement? Do you think it's a, oh, I'm going to actually like take one year off, come back when Bronny's ready? Or do you think maybe it's like a management thing where he's trying to like mess with the Lakers and get them to, you know, follow his plan? Yeah, I think with, with me watching Bron so long, I know what version this is. This is like Bron James right here. This is this is the one who set the lion stone to get this is the same trick he did with Dan Gilbert, same trick he tried to pull with Pat Riley, and Pat Riley didn't do it. And I like it. I'm a fan of this move right here. This is a move where it says, hey, I know I'm getting old. I know it. I showed it. Either you go get me Kyrie Irving or you bring back the core that I want to. I, th- I think it's more of a like a getting management's head type thing. I don't think it has anything to do with Bronny for real because my honest opinion on Bronny, I don't think he's going to be ready after one year. I think he's going to take him two. That's my honest opinion. So I don't think that's as big of a thing into i think it's more of a you saw what we did when we made that turnaround in the middle of the season i don't want to have to wait until the middle of the season again i'll wait I'll, I'll have this surgery and i'll have you guys show me what the team's about for those first couple months of the season then i'll come back i think it's one of those things like a, a tactic really more so for management to get me what i want and you can hate it or love it but at the end of the day as a basketball player who's earned that type of right the same way a curry would or katie would a, a player of that caliber 
he's earned that right to to say and do what what he's doing. So I think it's more of like a, a thing to get management to do the offseason moves that he wants and not to wait until trade deadline and try to get a, a valid team together. Yeah, I, I like that one because, of course, he is he's going to need that foot surgery if he wants to be uh, the guy we saw before that Ma- – or before and even during that Mavericks 27-point comeback. Um, one thing that, that I think – that I think I heard. I'm not 100 sure. the The main, I think, the main two guys the Lakers are going to try to retain are obviously Austin Reeves and Rui oh, Hachimura. Rui, Rui had a uh, an astounding playoff run for the times. Like he wasn't given much time in the Warriors series, but he was really good against Memphis, and he was really good against the Nuggets. He provided uh, good two way play there. Obviously, Austin Reeves has been killer for them for two years yeah. now, uh, and deserves to be in those in in those big bad conversations i think see i hope lebron has learned his lesson from the russell westbrook thing and this isn't a shot at kyrie irving at all kyrie irving is much better than russell westbrook but what i think he's he's got to learn that look at look at the recipe that's worked you ad and a bunch of dogs now obviously you're gonna have to pay these dogs what if you're the Lakers? I think you'd much rather have Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura than one of those guys and Kyrie Irving, because yep. both of those guys at least Rui's a great defender. Austin Reeves is above an above average defender in my opinion. He can he has all the tools to become a better defender as well. Kyrie Irving's what 31 at this point or 30? I'm I'm not quite sure off the top of my head, but what you what you see from him is is what you're going to get. And of course, he's spectacular. You don't want to be tight on money and be tight on the future like you already are. Rui's still young. You can, uh, Somewhere down the line, uh, I know Chris isn't a big fan of Kawhi Leonard, and I'm not saying Rui can turn into Kawhi Leonard, but he could be saying. a 22. He can give you 22 points per game, per game on all NBA-level defense down the road. Austin Reeves can give you good scoring, playmaking, and above-average defense down the road. I and I hope LeBron. I hope this isn't LeBron's way of saying I want Kyrie. I I hope LeBron realized you should realistically run this back. Yeah, you and, got swept. Man, but, you're so right. Yeah. You're so right. You're, and at the so end right. of the day, they did get swept. But imagine, like Malik Beasley said this. Imagine a training camp. Imagine 82 games of this team together. Now, mind you, uh, if this team includes D'Angelo Russell, I'm fine with that. That's fine. He he had a stinker of a playoff, sort of, but he he had, he had big moments. He did have big moments, and um, but if you don't run it back, simple simplest answer. I was telling my brother this: run Austin Reeves at point guard. He can that's, handle that's the all ball. You have to do. He Literally. can play make well enough. Especially you have LeBron James on the team. Why the put LeBron at point, and then you could put AR at shooting guard. You could put Rui at small forward. You could put AD at power forward, so he stops being a little crybaby, and then you can and just sign a vet center. Thank God. Oh, sorry. I was trying to get Nas Reeves into I've been trying to speak it into existence. <laughs> or, or I mean, Tristan Thompson gave you the liveliest nine minutes I've ever seen. Oh, he's the backup big man. I tweeted that. That, the day. I was, like, that, was, that was a tryout. <laughs> that was just tryouts for next year because they're going to be in cap hell. <laughs> and that's that's, what I, that's that's the point right there. Tony just said it. That's why you don't get Kyrie or Trey Young. And I, I'm a huge Trey Young fan. All my friends know that I was saying the Hawks of my team three years ago. Before that whole Knicks fiasco, I, I love Trey Young. But the problem is you have to get through a regular season. That's what Brian has to realize. Brian's 38,000 years old. Anthony Davis' body's 40,000 years old. 
Kyrie Irving may play, he may not. And it's not a shot at those guys, just a fact of the situation. If they're if they're all been around 60, 65 games the last three years, AD and Brown missed a lot of games last year on the same night. And if you're gonna be in that spot where you you only pay one of Rui and Reeves, and just say for example, we got Kyrie, Brian, and AD sitting out. So now you got Rui and a bunch of minimum contract. I mean, you got Reeves and a bunch of minimum contracts out there. You can't survive the West like that. So, like you said, I think it's better to just understand that depth is gonna get you past the season. Like if Brian was 28, he could play 38 minutes a night, 82 games. Cool. It's different, but it's not that way anymore. So now you have to be smart about it. And you have to plan for the future now, like as far as, you know, being able to finish out the full season. Yeah, not, not in the regular season because you have to get through the Denver's, the Phoenix's, the 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 Clippers. Even though I'm not a huge fan of the Clippers, the Clippers are going to have depth if they're going to keep that team together. So they can get through a regular season and get you 48 to 52 wins just because of how hard they're going to play because they're going to have the buyers to do so. And at this point in time, you want AD and Bron and, and whoever that other person is, you want them, you would want them to be rested. They wouldn't be able to do both. You can't be rested and make it through if, if you're playing 60-65 games a season. It just won't happen like that. So I think you got to be smarter. Yeah, I agree. And one thing that I know we'll both agree on, like people are like, was LeBron's tenure in LA successful? He missed playoffs, uh, won, won the final, though casually throw in, won an NBA championship, uh, lost in the first round, missed playoffs, swept in the Western Conference Finals. Okay, he, he made the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, he got swept. That's a bad way to go out. They they were looking bleak uh, at a point in the season. I mean, obviously, that was not the team that we're looking at now, but nonetheless. Yeah. And, and and the thing is, once you provide context for those years, it's called excuses. It's not excuses. It, it's just context of what, like, like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, he, he, I believe I saw this somewhere on Twitter. Obviously, you don't, don't get your information on Twitter. Back everything up. <laughs> and I'm going to back this up when this episode's over. Michael Jordan and his Wizards were actually the fifth seed. And then he, I think he got a hip injury. They were on pace to go make a playoffs. If I said, oh, they missed it because he got hurt, is that is that excuses? No, it's just context because Mike is great. Same with LeBron. Year one, they were the four seed, and then he hurt his groin. Yep. That that team was baller. I, I love the 2019 Lakers. The 2018, 2019 Lakers, they were so fun. But anyway, and then they, get, they lose to the Phoenix Suns. They had them on the ropes until AD got hurt. Like, seriously had them on the ropes. Now, of course, you would like to, you know, like, oh, well, an all-time great would, would pull that through. I'm like, AD was a big part of that team. Um, and Dennis Schroeder was horrible. Mm-hmm. Then you move on next year. LeBron and AD played 22 games together. That ain't, that's not going to cut it, man. It, it's really not. And Russell Westbrook, he's an awesome, awesome, awesome player. He's really, really good at basketball. He does not fit as a third option on any team he'll ever be on. The best shot he ever had in the NBA championship was being the two-man, being the playmaker for Paul George in OKC. And they lost because Damian Lillard had one of the Joe Ingles dropped Paul George for a series. Yeah, well, yeah, Joe Ingles started dropping him off and stuff, but – uh. Nonetheless, we can move on to another potential all-time great, soon to be Victor Wimbanyama is going to be a San Antonio Spur. And on the night it happened, Danny was kind of like, uh, like, like he wasn't bashing. He was just kind of like, uh, it's just boring. And I was like, yeah, you could think that way. Could San Antonio, but it's going to be fun. First year, they probably won't make the playoffs, in my opinion. But I think what this, it gets to evaluate, evaluate 
Oh my, I, mean, I can't even talk. It gets them the process, the talent around them. I just gave up on evaluating. Evaluate. Oh, I, I can't do it right now. I can't do it. So they're processing the talent around Wemby in year one. Can Keldon Johnson be a serviceable number two on a competitive team? I think he's very good. He was a 20-point-per-game scorer last year. Um, and everyone knows in a pop system, you can't really go out there and just inflate your stats. You get a 20, it's a real 20. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you can see uh, Jeremy so- Sohan. See what you got out of him. Trey Jones, I'm a huge – I think Chris is too. Big fans oh of Trey Jones and his brother mm-hmm. Tyus, of course. Yep. I, I, if Trey can be a player like Tyus, that's a guy you want around Vic. That's all he has to do. Straight playmaking. He doesn't need yep. to get a lot of, you know, points. And then on defense, they called him the sheriff back in Cameron Indoor Stadium. He was the sheriff. He's, he was yeah. player of the year in, a, in the ACC, defensive player of the year in ACC, as a, a what, a 5'11", a 6'11", tall point guard. Yep. 5'11", point guard, in the defensive ACC. player of the year, in probably the best basketball conference in the country yep. in that year, particularly, because they had them yep. and North Carolina both gunning for the national championship. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I, I think Wemby to the Spurs is going to be awesome. I think it's going to be very awesome. Yeah. And I think they'll be competitive enough to where they could fall around like the 10 to 14 pick maybe. And if Chris is hopefully wrong about Bron, I would like to see Bronny in the NBA ASAP because LeBron's old as hell. 100%. But let's say LeBron Bronny keeps his status as a lottery pick. I don't know if he'll be a top 10 pick. Probably not unless he like goes like Lonzo Nuclear. UCLA, USC. Yeah. But that 10 to 14 range, the Spurs are picking there. You pick up Bronny, and that's just another Trey Jones-like player, Where except Bronny is a better scorer, and he has more potential in every aspect of the game because he has those LUD genetics. Yep. It's going to be awesome. I want to I want to know your thought, and of course, Coach Pop, duh. But uh, I want to hear yeah. your thoughts on Wemby to the Spurs, and if you want, and if you have thoughts on what should be Scoot Henderson to the Hornets if they don't mess it up. Uh, just your thoughts on uh, those teams. Yeah. I, honestly, Wimby to the Spurs has kind of grown on me a little bit, uh, mainly because of the reason you said I'm a big Kellen Johnson fan. Duke and UK are my two favorite college teams. I mean, that's kind of casual sounding, but for a long time. And I've watched Kellen for a long time. He came in as a, a scoring guard, like a shoot-every-shot guard. He's starting to realize what being NBA small for it is, and I really love that for Kellen. So I think he'd be a good running mate for Wimby. And the fact they already extended extended his contract, and he's only getting like eighteen a year, makes it easier to put guys around him that makes him not the second option, make him more of a third and fourth to where it makes more sense. You can continue to build your team out. So I like that for Wimby. I mean, being coached by Pop in that system. I mean, he's had Tim Duncan, he's had David Robinson. I wouldn't want anybody else to coach him if I if I could pick and choose. You know, so I think that's dope. And I think the way the Spurs are set up. And Jeremy Sheldon has become my least favorite player over the last couple of days. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say. <laughs> of course not. But but as an actual basketball player, he's actually pretty good. Like what he does and brings to the game is very valuable. And especially with a, next to a guy like Wimby, if they're gonna play Wimby at the five, like I think they probably will. Sheldon is a good guy to have next to him. He's gonna defend, rebound, do all the stuff that Wimby can do. But you want to kind of keep your star away from doing. He doesn't have to. So I kind of like that. Feel like having Trey Jones, Devin Vassell. Like they have a, a young core to where it's like. Wimby can come in and play with guys who clearly gotten good NBA experience over this last year, year and a half. And Devin Basile, I think, is going to be a really, two, really good two-guard in the league. Brandham as well. 
Yeah, and Malcolm Malachi Branham, uh, St. Vincent, St. Mary alum too. I know that's really random. I know that, but yes, he is. And he's gonna be pretty good as well. So I like what the Spurs have going on. And I think the last thing about the Spurs, they'll have the pieces to it'll make some restricted free agents when it gets time to look over and look at new teams. Well, are they gonna match or they're not gonna match? The Spurs are gonna be a place to look for because even if, if Pop is gone by then, you don't mind playing for the San Antonio Spurs coaching tree. Unless you're Steven Jackson and DeJounte Murray. Those are the only two people I ever heard say they didn't like playing over there. So if you're not them two, I'm pretty sure you might want to go over there as a restricted free agent. And it it, it it opens up room for the Spurs to, you know, be creative in the in the years to come. So I, I think that's cool uh, for them. And I, I want – and I already asked about the Hornets too. Last thing about the Hornets – or about the Hornets, I hope the guy takes Scoot Henderson. Like, I, I don't overthink it. Don't – Yes, I, yes. Don't, don't overthink over. it. And, and I like Brandon Miller. I do like Brandon Miller. I like him as a basketball player. I know he had a, a crappy tournament, but Brandon Miller's a baller. He, he's going to be good wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree with him. School Henderson's the type of player, if Wimby wasn't in this draft, he'd be number one consensus in my opinion. Like, I don't think it would be much of a, a question if Wimby wasn't in this draft. And I think they lucked up into getting LaMelo. It could have went a bunch of different ways. Melo could have went to the Warriors, and <laughs> Wiseman could have failed to the Hornets. You never know. So I think – when you have talent like that, and the Hornets always pass on talent. They pass on talent by picking Gilchrist, Jerry Henderson. I don't even have to go down the line. You don't mess this up. Like you, you, Ooh, you pick the best yeah, player available, there. and you get you solidify your backcourt. And you can't say because Scoot's smaller, you played with Terry Rozier the last two years as your shooting guard. That's not an excuse. You pick Scoot. Yeah, I I agree. I said this on Twitter. I think Lamelo and Scoot in transition, along Major. with. Miles Bridges potentially being back. You're looking at yeah. like a baby lob city. <laughs> It'll be fun. And and don't overthink. Like Look, <laughs> Brandon Williams or Brandon Miller is super cool, and mm-hmm. he's a he's a good you know scorer. Um, I just don't see him. At, I don't. I'm gonna be so honest, and this could be very brutal about this draft class. I just I'm not sure about anyone past two just being wow. like the best player on a championship team. Oh, I don't know right. if any anyone can mold it. All of them could probably be a two. I think the Thompson twins can be very good. They, they of course have to get their dump shot together, but they'll be really good players. Um uh, blanket on the name the kid out of Houston is going to be awesome. He's going to be Walker. so good. Jerry's Walker is going to be so good. I know he's going to be good. I just I don't know if I see a number one in a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just being spoiled because the first two guys would go number one overall in like 95% of like yeah. modern era drafts. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, I agree. I think those guys would obviously be the first two picks. And I think they're like okay landing spots. Only the only problem with just like Hornets is like, oh, that would that would be a weird fit. But then again, you could also just stagger their minutes. And then um, yeah, things will work out from there. So Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics. The Heat were up 3-0. They are now still up 3-1. Odds still heavily in their favor. Something that I've been thinking about with with this series, with 3-0 series in basketball, the only way that someone could come back from that is, one, the most valuable or best player on the team that's up 3-0 gets hurt. And then the whole team just falls into pieces, which is not happening with – uh, the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler would go out there in a walking boot if Absolutely need be. Works. The mm-hmm. second the second way is if the more talented team just finds themselves down 3-0, which is what the Celtics are in right now. They steal game four. They played beautiful basketball in the second half, forcing turnovers, blocking shots, getting out in transition, which is what they absolutely excuse me, they absolutely have to do. You got game five in the garden. You haven't been pretty at home, but the the fans are going to be electric for you. 
if they win game five, game seven, Miami's game seven is game six. They 100%. cannot lose that game. Because if it's going back game seven in the garden, we've seen what happened. I'm not the heat got way more heart than the Philadelphia 76ers. But Jason Tatum has been lights out in elimination games his entire career outside of game six last year in the NBA finals, which which also I didn't happen. Yeah, completely false. He wasn't even on the team. What the Celtics didn't make the finals last year. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I uh, the Heat the Heat could very well just end this in five. They've already won two games in Boston. Celtics haven't been pretty at home. Or if they lose this game, they could very well just wrap things up at home, which they have a dominant win at home already. Um, but if a three yep. zero comeback were to ever happen, this is the situation where it's lined up to become true, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So I want to hear your thoughts. I'm clearly biased. I'm talking on my ass. So <laughs> I, I want to hear it from a guy who loves Jimmy Butler, loves Jason Tatum, you know, just likes the guys he sees on the court. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think if, if there would be a time to come back, I mean, out of all the ones I've seen recently, I didn't think the Lakers would come back. I'm the biggest Bron fan. You probably fine. I, I just didn't see it happening. But this is the thing with the, with the Heat, with how great they're playing and how great this run is and how – Incredible Jimmy Butler is. I hope my friend Matt hears this. Incredible Jimmy Butler is. I have to, I have to enunciate that because he actually is incredible. I, I'm done hating. He's incredible. They only go as far as the shooting goes in reality. Like the three-point shooting is as far as it'll take them. It's supposed to be the best coach in the NBA by far, in my opinion. But it, they still only go as far as their shooting goes. Because at the end of the day, when Struess isn't on, if Gabe Benson is out and Kyle Lowry has to see 28 minutes instead of 20 minutes, that could work into the, the favor of the Celtics. It, it, it just can't. If, if Duncan Robinson has to play more minutes than they want him to, then they have to sit in the zone. It's just the, the game plan changes if their shooting isn't rolling. Now, Caleb, uh, Cody Martin, Cody's on the, the heat. No, Caleb, Caleb's on the heat. Yeah. Oh, you're on mute, so I can't hear you. Yeah. I was saying, sorry, I was muted, but I, what I wanted to say was, Leave it up to Charlotte to keep the worst twin. <laughs> yeah, shout out Mitch and Mike, the two, two, two M&Ms. But I say this, I think that if the Heat are cold again, especially in Boston Boston Garden, they'll lose game five. And like you said, game six is game seven. And, and everybody, all role players shoot better at home. The, the Heat is literally filled with role players, so they should play better at home. But if the Heat can't make, I'll set the number 12 plus threes, they won't win. Maybe they won't win because that's how I think that's how the team's built. They're built to go like that. They're built to play defense, make threes. That's how they're built. So I think if they go cold, the Celtics 100% have a chance to come back because Celtics have two of the top four players in the series. They just do. And no matter how bad Jalen Brown is, no matter how much grease is on the bottom of his dude's shoes where he can't stop slipping and falling, he's still a top four player in this series. So I think it just – it, it, it wouldn't – it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me as much as anything else if the Celtics were able to force a game seven. That that's what I'll say. Yeah, I agree, and that's another thing. The Celtics, they've yet to get a good Jalen Brown game. He is missed. He's been Mister Consistency for the mm-hmm. Celtics these entire playoff runs. And if they can get a good game out of him, and Jason Tatum is like arguably the best elimination game player um, in the NBA over the last couple years, he's been. Really awesome. Like, average. If Malcolm Brown stops playing like Kobe time. White, the Celtics will be okay. Like, I don't know what's wrong that's, with Malcolm Brown either. That's Malcolm Ball Hogden. <laughs> yeah, that dude, I don't know. Brogdon and Jalen Brown refuse to pass the ball sometimes, and it, it just baffles me because, like, Marcus Smart will try to throw it over his head, but Brogdon will see somebody wide open, like, 
Nah, I'm doing left hand scoop. Yeah, <laughs> minutes minutes that feature Brogdon and Brown are not due to they're like they're not bound for success. It's not <laughs> happening. I like Brogdon next to Tatum. I like Brown next to Tatum, and maybe like the Brown both next of them to next to Tatum. To, uh, White. I like Derek White and Mar- and Jalen Brown minutes. I like their minutes together. I love no, Derek White. Whatever. I like Derek White with anybody <laughs> because he just. No. He plays hard all the time, and he can he gives you a real third scoring option sometimes, and so does Brogdon. But White has a bit higher basketball IQ, and probably he would be winning Sixth Man of the Year if he didn't have to start so many games. In my mm. opinion, I do believe he's the better player than Malcolm Brogdon. Um, mm. But Malcolm Brogdon and Jalen Brown, I like them out there. If Tatum's out there, but if Tatum's not out there, they're like two badass little kids that, like, <laughs> when you're not looking, they're trying to they're trying to plot. They're trying Get to get shots off. Bad. <laughs> Jalen Brown's trying to shoot 20-foot fadeaway uh, mid-ranges and, and dunk over Bam out of bio while Malcolm Brogdon's trying to get to his right hand in his ankle socks and and thinks he can beat Jimmy Butler off the dribble while shooting some BS floater. Thinks Dude, gash, Rodden but... throws the worst. He throws the worst floaters and, like, like he has no touch. Like, all no, floaters, that, that's what it so is. That's, that's what, what it is. is. He has no touch. Like, he can shoot threes, but his threes, if you look at him, there's no arc on it. It's just straight. He shoots so weird. Like his arm, his hand, all his hand pushes out. like that. Yep. Yeah, it's all the way out already. No elbow extended, and then it's that's just... why he can't do floaters. That's why he can't do floaters. He has no touch, and he, he also so can't pass to Robert Williams. It's not possible, and they'd be yep. such a filthy two-man game. If, but I don't know, man. They would. JT and Marcus. But, JT and Marcus Smart. Yeah. They 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 throw Rob some good passes. I, I like JT. I like JT and Rob in, in a pick and roll over there only because of this. I think it. If, and this is this is just coming from a, a fan of, of the game. Tone, I wonder if you're going to agree. I think Jason Tatum has to be the primary ball handler to finish the series, and that's the reason why. Like you said, he's getting top five attention. Jason Tatum's unselfish enough to make the right plays. I'm not saying Jalen Brown's selfish, but I'm also not saying Jalen Brown's not selfish when it comes to scoring. If you put Tatum in that point and you make Horford the pick and pop or you make Williams the, the screen and roller, you make Miami's defense have to do more, in my opinion. Like, they're respecting smart. But how much? They don't yeah, mind him shooting those threes when they're in the zone. They don't mind that. That's not a, a terrible thing. It's better than JT or Jalen Brown driving the basketball and getting a, a dump off the Robert Williams. So I, that's what I've been thinking these last couple games. I'm like, because Jason, Jason Tatum had the ball in his hands a lot game four. Hit a lot. Like even, not even to shoot, just to make the right play. And if you, you'll take five turnovers from him in a game like that because he's making every single decision. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, and this is something I've been thinking about for a while. In terms of like making the right play and not – not to say Jason Tatum doesn't force shots them sometimes. Everybody, every great scorer forces shots sometimes. But in terms of like making the right play in the right time, like he, he, yes, he had some costly turnovers, but it's not like he was making dumb decisions. Like it was like, to make the, right, the right read. Yeah, he was trying to make a right read and it was just poorly executed. He mm-hmm. played as much as he admires Kobe Bryant. I think he plays a lot more like LeBron James than Kobe Bryant in terms of trying to make the right play, not jacking anything up. However, I think he's I think he's T Mac all over again, but in a good way. Like T Mac <laughs> was that that scorer who could without do the everything. Exactly. Without getting swept in the first round. <laughs> exactly. But as far as player goes, I, I think Tatum McGrady's a great comparison because McGrady can go get sixty, but he also kept everybody involved. He rebounded. I, I think that's such a great comparison for, for Jay Taylor. Offensively, offensively on that side of the ball. Yeah, th- I, yeah, I would agree. But there Tatum had some shots last night. 
that like as much as people want to say like he does have some shades of Kobe Bryant you can easily tell in the way he tries to score the basketball he is easily trying to be like that dude and uh, people are like oh like you'll like like they just give him crap because he likes Kobe oh well man like you have people mm-hmm. in the league that's meat riding like LeBron James like he's still playing oh well he can't praise somebody that he 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 said the day he worked out with Kobe Bryant was the second best day of his life only second to his son being born he just a fan of the game man and there was a lot of like a lot of plays where he was he was working mid-range he was working getting to the cup and that was one of the first times where I was like yo this is a quiet 30 ball like very quiet um but yeah, nonetheless, Celtics have the best chance to make history. Is it likely? Probably not, because uh, they can't defend the Garden. But nonetheless, it's been fun, man. Another All Hoops episode, which these will be coming to an end soon. But never fear, the NFL is fun. And Lamar Jackson has a contract. And his new offensive coordinator said, hey, we're going to run the ball less. And we're going to use Lamar's play quarterback, arm. sir. You can exactly. actually play quarterback. And we're not going to get him hurt. It's going to be fun for the Ravens. An honorary Ravens fan, of course, along with the future Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, shout out to Lamar, Birds in general. Just Lamar Birds. and Hurts in the Super Bowl next year will move mountains for Look mobile it. quarterback agenda. I'll sell my kidneys to make sure I'm in the top seat that I can be in for the Super Bowl if LJ makes it. Even though DeAndre Hopkins. You, you and Danny got to catch a, a Ravens Steelers game. That would be I told awesome. Danny, I told Danny, I'm like, we got to go find somewhere. We got to find a way to go to a game. I think that would be dumb. And and yeah, and man. when the Ravens get DeAndre Hopkins, like, I'm, I'm speaking into this, is when, when he just begs to get traded to the Ravens and we make it happen, then we'll have OBJ and DeAndre Hopkins and Rashad Bateman for eight games. And then and, we'll have – And Zay Flowers, <laughs> who they just drafted. And Zay Flowers leak. Like, he's just oozing with confidence. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun. But – that being said, that's all wrapped up. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe, like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening on the audio platforms, make sure you download, like, leave a five-star rating and vice versa. Make sure you head over to the opposite platform and show love. Uh, and make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Sideline Summit. Uh, we post content there essentially daily. Follow us on TikTok at Sideline Summit. Uh, Chris, anything to say before we head on out here? Nah, man. I hope everybody have a good time. I uh, hope Jalen Brown's brushing up on uh, getting ready to go to the six in Toronto. He's either a Raptor or a Rocket, I fear. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no, yeah, that's okay. Everybody has, has a oh, good man. time. Man. And y'all enjoy the show, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, man. From Tone and CB and Honorary DC, who's not DC. with us right now, we hope you guys enjoyed listening, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>